As our self-development practice grows, our awareness grows, and this can bring us into a new level of frequency to see past situations more clearly, especially ones dealing with and leading to the degradation of friendships and relationships with family members. The roles we played within these may become more clear, as well as the actions that we may want to now take responsibility for, extending the handout and offering apologies and the intention to mend the relationships. With so much moving energy and emotions in play, it can be overwhelming to get a grounded view on how to even approach this. So we had a conversation to assist you with just this situation. Our hope is that this can serve as a conversation of things to consider when repairing past relationships from an energetically conscious perspective. Now, if you have found that you have gained valuable insight from our episodes, consider joining our patron membership where you can receive a shout out on one of our episodes and exclusive content in exchange for a small monthly donation. You can also change someone's life by sharing our episodes on social media or with friends and loved ones. Either way, let's all grow together one episode at a time. And now, all together, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility oftentimes when we start getting into this work we start to reflect on our past behavior towards our friends our family our past loved ones mm-hmm and that can be a sort of enlightening thing because we can start to see how we may have acted in the past that may not have been in the best interest of us or others. And so I think a lot of us tend to uh, take on some responsibility for that and, and to look at their role in how those relationships may have, uh, you know, maybe even simmered out. Yeah. And so one topic that I wanted to get into today was uh, mending those past relationships. And, and I'm referring to like platonic friendships and even family. So we'll leave uh, romantic relationships out because that's like a whole nother beast thing and people may not want to revive those. Right, right. Uh, so before we start getting into how to mend these relationships, I wanted to actually bring in uh, and talk about how these relationships can fail um, and, and why we would even want to revive these. So we can jump in by talking about, you know, maybe like a, like a family member or, you know, between family members. What would be the cause of a relationship to fail in these types of matters? Well, many times it's uh, the actualization of someone wanting to change and that people resist change at different levels. And so 
when somebody wants to start uh, developing themselves or developing their emotional wisdom or, you know, their understanding of the um, subtle energy field or to change their perceptions, their belief systems, many times this comes across as a challenge, especially to the family and even a judgment. And so I know that that was the case for me. Um, I was judged very, very much by my conservative family, and they just didn't understand, but nobody was really very willing to have a conversation. And so many people that come to me as a private client, they're going through some of these struggles, and I like to suggest that many times people want to pull away from their family and we all need time to rest and we need time to um, prepare for growth, which normally means working through some kind of friction or altercation. But our family is really where we can grow exponentially because another big part of the resistance from the person that is growing is that their family members remind them of their former selves. And so that's many times where the judgment comes in is that the person that is currently doing the changing wants these other people to change maybe too quickly because they don't want to continuously be reminded of who they used to be and how they used to talk or act or judge or whatever. So family is just a really great place uh, to practice humility and um, to practice loving aspects of yourself that you don't want to even acknowledge existed. You know, as far as the question of why would somebody want to mend those relationships is because that may be an outward representation of part of oneself that they're making mends with. And so it's really forgiveness is for the one that gives it not for the one they're giving it to. And so the so-called mending the relationship is mainly for that, for uh, each individual to have the opportunity to mend possibly from the outside in, we will say. Um, But sometimes we need that external representation. Um, But it's really worthwhile to look deeper and see the aspect of that person within yourself and to find a way to forgive it, to love it, and to just accept it for who and what it is. And I can tend to resonate uh, exactly with what you're saying. I seem to uh, need to have this um, need for control around how a situation ends. And we even talked about this in a past episode. Mm-hmm. Even between like uh, somebody who's my friend, if, uh, if I feel like maybe um, we're kind of agreeing to go our separate ways, maybe we don't see things on the same page and we feel that we need less time together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they harbor some sort of uh, visualization of who I am that I don't feel like I am. Like there's a misunderstanding, misunderstanding there. or misrepresentation. Yeah, I feel like there's uh, there's like this energetic blockage on the grid, and I feel like I just I need to reach out and clear that up because I don't like that just sitting there in the back of my mind. And you know, and with that, I think that's a great point to bring up because I feel like a lot of our listeners can really relate and connect with that. And what I suggest to to how to utilize that is to use it as an instant lesson and just say, moving forward, I see how to make that shift. Uh, because many times, even if you don't know what the misunderstanding is, uh, you have an idea. If you 
if you know anything about the other person and you pay attention to the way you have been delivering things, uh, we normally know or we have a good idea. And I've happened to feel that one way to mend that relationship is by changing your actions moving forward in new oncoming relationships or present relationships and that that takes the pressure off of that relationship that suffered. And many times that's what will create the natural environment or organic process to maybe run into each other at the grocery store or something on Facebook or something like that that will bring you back together and it won't be as big of a deal. Yeah, because it's no longer uh, at the center point of your uh, thought process. Focus, yeah. And uh, yeah, so then if you yeah, if you go forward and you change that that behavior that you think had to do with that, then yes, I, I yeah, I totally and can this see is, that. And this is the way that I work, you know, with people with grief, with guilt. You know, anytime you want to get into the would have, could have, or should have, uh, you know, I suggest just to, to kind of make that promise with yourself of moving forward, I'm changing this action and I'm going to use this so-called failure that I recognize now to just learn from. Therefore, failures are never anything negative. As long as you give them respect, we have to fail to see a different way, to learn another way. And so failure in our culture has been viewed negatively, and I feel like we should support each other in our failures and discuss what we learned from the failures rather than being so afraid to fail. And that's what our culture has pushed, I feel like, people, especially our young people, just to really squash the creativity um, that children just naturally have by how busy we keep kids and how distracted with screens and things like that. So that's not the subject of today, but it is about, uh, you know, relationships and how to mend them. And many times the electronics and the tools that we use today uh, aid in this separation. And so many times people will not go in the direction to mend or to approach that friction because there are so many things to distract one nowadays. All right, let's bring in uh, communication because uh, you've said that the misunderstanding or the loss of communication uh, is kind of the the main drive for this philosophy mm-hmm. or for our uh, disease or disease, dis-ease as you right. would say. So, so what role does communication play in how these relationships can fail? Well, I think it's it's very important for this concept to be considered that. Is it truly more important what somebody is intending to convey or their word selection? And right now it seems that our culture focuses so much on the word selection because it has emotional triggers in people. And so I feel like shifting the power to it is truly, you know, what's behind what's being said that's most important. And we get tripped up in these these words, the word choice, the the, the phrasing, um, when it's really the action behind all of that that's most important. So I plead to people to look through the words, look through the because uh, normally the words are chosen through the emotional filters. So the words are not conscious or not clear, uh, hardly ever clearly representing one's true intentions. And so I think part of active listening is seeing beyond the words. And even if you get triggered to go, you know, do I really feel like this person is meaning to upset me? Uh, 
And the majority of the time, I really feel that that's just not the case. Uh, but people are playing roles that we have discussed that are going to bring up our sensitivities. And part of the practice on lessening those sensitivities is going through that process and realizing that this is an old trigger and that this person is not meaning to offend me in this moment. And you make the conscious decision to change the way the information is coming in. And if you do that consistently enough, it will break the pattern because that's how energy works. You retrain it. You don't just fix it. But if you retrain it through practice and through exercise as the physical body gets stronger through physical movement and through the tearing of tissues, that's where soreness comes from. So it's very similar when we push ourselves in that emotional state to realize that we're about to have an emotional reaction, but take time to ask the question, do I really feel like this person is meaning to upset me here or can I see what they're truly trying to convey and this is one of my old triggers? And that's the very beginning of some of this self-development work uh, where the emotional field is considered and the mental field and the energetic field. They're all tied together there. Yeah. In the last six months, I've started a process of um, whenever I feel the slightest bit of hurt based on what somebody has um, done or said, I've paused mm -hmm. and then questioned whether they really meant it the way that I took it. And I would go to them to clarify, you know, what what did you mean by this? Because right. if you immediately jump into feeling hurt over what somebody says, then you're you're first assuming that they mm -hmm. meant to hurt you. Right. You're assuming their intention. And then also giving away your power because those triggers that you were just referring to are your responsibility, right? Because that, that mm -hmm. person may not even know that you have a sensitivity they, yeah, to that. There's no way that they, they could know. And even if it's been communicated, you know... Life and energy is funny that when we show resistance, it like wants to show up more. So, you know, anytime someone around me says, just make sure you don't say this or make sure you don't do that. I just smile and I go, do you know what you just created? I mean, so when we have a resistance to any level, life wants to present it to us so that we learn to cope with it. Because I happen to feel that a big part of gaining consciousness and evolving as beings is through acceptance and not being these control freaks that we feel like we are. And that is getting more in resonance of being in the flow of life. There's many of these phrases, living in the now, that many people talk about, but they I don't know that they truly, truly understand the depth of that. And that if you're doing that, there's really not much that bothers you because everything is temporary. So in bringing this back to these relationships, to see that that allowing others to be who they are allows us to accept more of who we are. And the more judgment that we cast on others is uh, pretty much a direct reflection of the judgment that we cast on ourselves. So it's like a simultaneous healing. As we you know, see the way that somebody has treated us maybe in the past and it was less than optimal and maybe you've carried a grudge for 10 or 20 or even more years, just realize that you're only affecting yourself there. And if you can learn something from the situation and maybe they picked on you and were mean to you, but it made you stronger now in your life, I want to use that just as a slight hypothetical, you know, example that 
you can still find gratitude to say, hey, thank you for the strength that you gave me. It wasn't fun, and I did judge you negatively, but I happen to feel to take that to the next step to just stay in gratitude and say, hey, I release you from that judgment. I couldn't have done that without you and, uh, you know, send you nothing but love and light. Uh, being able to get that lesson and forgive because if you don't, then many times, whether you believe in karma or not, many times you will wind up playing a very similar role that you've judged others to play. And that's why wisdom comes normally through uh, time and age, um, because we get more humble through more challenging situations that we have to go through in life. And I did just want to highlight something you said earlier, which was forgiveness is about and for that person doing it and not necessarily for that person who would essentially receive Receive it. Receive it, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's... You know, the person that's holding on to the grudge is the one that's carrying the crutch, so to say, uh, carrying that heavy load. And by forgiving and through forgiving, I just I see that, you know, there's a lot in that saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, that most parents are doing the best that they know how to do. Uh, That doesn't mean that they can't learn to do better. But most I do really feel are doing the best that they know how to do. And looking back on something, you can always judge it uh, much more clearly and easily, you know, 20 years down the road. So it's easy for every kid to point out how their parent, you know, screwed up. But then many times when they have kids of their own, they change their tune or their perception of their parents. And so seeing that our memory is very limited because Our memory can only be as effective as the age we were at when we went through what we went through. And a lot of people forget that. They hold on to things that happened a long time ago and don't take into account how much they've grown since then and would would see that differently if they were going through it. So by no means am I uh, condoning people's actions when I'm talking about this level of forgiveness or acceptance. It's not about condoning. It's just uh, seeing them as playing a role and that you have persevered and you learn something from it. And once you see the beauty and the lesson in it, then I choose to see those people that so-called did me wrong in the past as some of my best teachers. And it changes the whole vibration of, of what we're feeding ourselves, basically. And go into how memories uh, can change over time and because they are stories that we tell ourselves. Okay, so uh, a recent one that I was talking to somebody about Star Wars came up. And I was talking about, like, the very first time that I saw the episode where um, Darth Vader says, Luke, I'm your father. And I was, like, 11 years old or something or 10. And that wasn't even in my concept. Like, that did would not exist. It's the good guys and the bad guys. And that was very clear to me. And they were doing a great job at portraying that. So when that happened, like, I that was a much bigger deal than, like, say I'm watching a movie now and there's a plot twist. So, see, something at that level, at that age, could have even been traumatic. And a person not realize that. And it changes their whole perception or... How, how close-minded they are about something when something just happened in a time frame and in a way that they couldn't process it at that time. Therefore, they have to draw judgments to 
make it realistic, so to say, and normally the judgments are projections externally. And so that's what I mean by being very careful about trusting our memories is that we're still only able to pose that memory at the point of consciousness or growth or whatever you want to say that we were at that time. And if we went through the exact same situation in the present time, we would not see it the same. We would not hold on to the memory likely the same. So leaving room for that, it once again, helps from my perception in the job of forgiving to accept that you're not remembering it truly how it happened. And that's another important fact that if you have a judgment on it, then you don't, you're not remembering it clearly because it's got some type of shade of the emotion that you're dealing with. So all of this helps with forgiveness and that does not condone action once again. Uh, It just releases the deterioration of the energetic field basically. Uh, And that's what we need to really, truly begin uh, deep levels of healing. I also feel like uh, people tend to love others the way that they want to be loved and not necessarily how that person needs or wants to be loved. And so when I was growing up, you kind of treat everybody the same and see everybody the same. So if you learn how to love within your family unit, Like you think that that's how you're just supposed to love and Mm -hmm. you don't understand that there are other ways of loving people outside of that. Yeah, and this is where one of the systems that we utilize, the Destiny Card System, really helps to clarify because many times diamond people really uh, enjoy gifts. And so I'll hear a diamond person say something. I just heard one yesterday say, you never go to a person's house for the first time without taking a gift. And that's like a diamond thing to do because they want to receive gifts when people come to their homes. They may not say that that's the case, but when when wanting to know how to love someone, yes, pay attention to how they treat the ones that they love. If it's by giving them presents, then get them presents. If it's by spending time with them, then spend time with them. If it's, you know, allowing them to vent on you. uh, So a lot of people that are... Uh, caregivers or people that uh, really are there for um, people in distress, they don't receive a lot of that. But I happen to be a caregiver, and I know from my personal experience that, that, yeah, that's one of the most soothing things that someone can do is show concern for where I'm at and anything that I'm going through or been through. And so that's what I enjoy giving to people. So everyone... I'd like for you to check within yourself to really get clear in how you like to give and receive love because many people out there aren't being fulfilled by their partners and their friends and their families, but it's not from a lack of people trying many times. It's just that most people aren't clear on how they really receive love and what they're really looking for. And so that anytime you ask somebody like, what would make you happy? And they don't have an answer like instantly that's not going to be a happy person because they don't even know how to be happy. And this is the way, unfortunately, it seems that many, many relationships in our culture are operating. You know, so paying attention to when you go to show someone love that you pause and say, is this the way that they like to receive love or is this the way I like to give it? 
is a very, very good place to just pause because your good intentions can go very unnoticed. And then that then you have to deal with rejection and it creates this perpetual cycle when if you would have just shifted your energy and used your energy in a way that it could have been received. Now, now you get into are you enabling? Are you catering people? Then I say, okay, what's the definition of love? Because I like to say that it may not be love if you're looking for something in return. You might want to call that something else, attraction, lust, many different things, appreciation. But love, from my understanding, is something that is just given. And uh, mothers aren't typically looking for something in return when they love and just give to their children. Uh, So there's nothing wrong with that reciprocation. But to truly look at, yes, are you looking to give something so you can get something back? Then, you know, you may be in some kind of business agreement or something, but that's not what most people that really study love and what love is about, uh, I think, would be in agreement with that that's what that transaction is about, the give and, the, and receiving. The situation you just described is, is one that I've observed a lot in growing up is uh, there's one person who gives love the way they want to receive it, but they don't understand that other people uh, would like it differently. Right. And the exact thing would happen where they would feel rejected when that was not received properly or up to their expectations. Sure. And then that would, you know, that rejection would cause resentment, but that person would not understand why they were feeling that way. They, you know, they would feel like they were rejected, but but the other person wouldn't understand where those feelings were coming from. Yes. And it would just turn into this massive miscommunication and nobody has words for why this happened. You know, maybe they'd bring up uh, past things that maybe, um, you know, each other did that would trigger that, that kind of same emotion, you know, from the past. And it would just continue on and maybe they would, it would mend, but it would never get solved because the root of the problem uh, was never consciously found and, and communicated. Right. Yeah, and see, and some people give love in an order like um, you have your protector, you have your provider, you have your teacher, you have your nurturer. And so these are different roles that we play in relationships. And people play these roles in different orders. So somebody, some people are looking to be nurtured first, but they may be in a relationship with a provider that's first. So in that uh, example, I knew a multimillionaire that had uh, done very well by the age of 29, sold his business by 39, was multimillionaire, but he traveled all the time. And he felt like that by him providing his family with anything that they wanted, they had like eight or 10 different models of one car in their driveway and his kids could go anywhere that they wanted to school or anything like that. And he felt like that was what an ultimate man was. But his wife just wanted somebody to live life with and be with every day. So, you know, she finally told him, I don't care anything about this money. And he said, but you have an open checkbook. You can go literally do anything that you want. And so he felt like he had provided his family with the most important thing, and he had really missed the mark. So he was really justifying it because it was what he wanted. And many times the way that people give love is to get something that they want, and then they get upset when it's not received. But what shifts that is when you take a moment to consider 
what the other person is looking for to feel loved. And I've recently been looking at that order, and my order for the majority of my life has been protector first, then teacher, then nurturer, then provider. And so when if I happen to get in any kind of relationship where somebody's looking for me to be the provider first, then see, there's an obstacle because that's my last interest is to provide. So so depending on how important these relationships are, we may be want to look at shifting those roles. And instead of being the same person every time in every situation, because most of this is unconscious, but you can just look at that list again, being the protector, the provider, the nurturer, the teacher, there's probably a few more. I haven't got those written down in front of me, but but going through these different roles that we play and being able to communicate with our partner of this is how I would like for you to show up for me. This is conscious communication. It's not this is who I need you to show up for me, anything like that, but able to at least communicate that, hey, this is what I would like to receive. And so now at this stage of my life, I'm seeing that being the protector isn't necessarily the best role for me to play first with my relationships. And so I've moved that back a few steps and brought nurturer up closer to the the front. But see, teacher can still want to jump first. And so I have to work with that and say, hey, let's, let's work with letting this nurturer come first. But see, I have a caution that too much nurturing can turn into enabling. So this is why now I see this concept of being able to consciously change these roles and alternate these roles. And this is all connected to mending these relationships because when we can shift the role that we're playing, then we will get a different effect from the other person. And so mending the relationship can actually be like giving ourselves uh, self-growth and breaking through an obstacle that's kept us stuck for a long time. And many people don't know how they show up with love. And I'll put you on the spot here and just ask you, how would you say the order of those four that I've mentioned would show up for you either in the past or in the present? I think I would lean more towards maybe being the teacher first which is like kind of telling somebody how to solve something or do something, which, you know, doesn't always come off great. And, sure, and giving and, suggestions. And I wouldn't even want to receive that way first. Right. I mean, I would want, I kind of would want to be nurtured first. And again, it comes from not understanding the intention right away because mm-hmm. you can see how somebody might feel that they're just always being corrected all the time. And maybe, sure. maybe that's something that stems from my childhood. I'll have to dig into that yeah. a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I would say teacher provider then then maybe nurturer Mm -hmm. and uh, then protector maybe is is toward the end and seeing that there's no right or wrong in any of this because it's all about how we're relating with the people that we want to be close to or how we're not relating to them and so by seeing the role that you're playing and then paying attention to how they play roles with other people you can shift the whole dynamics of a relationship very, very quickly. Um, of course, if anyone's listening out there and would like like a breakdown of your relationship to help you understand these these strategies even more clear, then please contact me for a private session. And in a two-hour session, we can uh, 
give you so much information about um, any relationship that you're concerned about to help with this uh, mending of relationships or just communication. This helps really well with parents and children as well um, because it gets into how to deliver information to people to get them to receive it. And when you really want to communicate with people, you're less concerned about how you give the information and you're more flexible in the way that you give it so that it will be received uh, by a wider audience. Yeah, no, I resonate with that as well, because if if the reason why you're communicating is to get that information, whatever it is, to that person so that they understand it, I would think that one would want to be flexible to you know make it the most efficiently for that person to hear it yeah and most time that flexibility comes with you know whether somebody is going to feel like they're being taken advantage of or if it's going to be fair you know you really got to let go of all of that to remember that anything that you're working on any relationship is truly for you and your self-growth and that's why you know i'm not big on like apologies uh, rather than somebody telling me that they're sorry, I'd rather them tell me what they learned and what they're going to do different moving forward. So I would like to change that that phrase with the listeners out there to every time that you feel like you need to say I'm sorry for you to share what you have learned and what you're willing to do differently moving forward and see if that doesn't have a more beneficial effect on your relationships. But once again, you got to be willing to accept that responsibility of that change and that's what should be most important from my perspective for those that are looking to grow. So now jumping more into strategies on mending these past relationships, I have a few uh, juicy things written down here that I want to get into. Okay. And uh, one is you have to want to mend the relationship, like you honestly with yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you're still holding on to like this baggage or, or you know, uh, whose fault it is, then you're not, you don't truly want to solve it. Right, right. And and that, because relationships are hard, they're challenging, because they're really a reflection of ourselves. And so that's why the mending of the relationship really needs to be about you truly getting the lesson that this person is here to teach you. And when you're able to get to lesson, the forgiveness comes real easy, um, because you just see them as playing a role. And once you get the lesson, they just stop Doing it or it stops affecting you the same. Either way, it breaks the cycle. And if you leave that person, then many times you'll just create and draw in someone very similar uh, to wind up playing the same role. And these roles are typically connected to our parents and our childhood. Um, so that's why bringing this back full circle, that our family is the goal mine to do our personal work and to see reflections of us that maybe we don't want to admit to ourselves that we carried or that we, you know, that we still carry. And so a lot of people's reasoning for getting away from their family is detachment. And they're running from their goal mine because they may have to find a hundred strangers to play the one role that their brother or sister can play flawlessly or that their parent can play. So it is the most challenging. And this is why sometimes it is good to take breaks from being around your family because I happen to feel that you should go in with compassion and, like I said, willing to work on yourself and not focus on what everybody else needs to be changing or altering. Um, So all this mending is really, I think, a reflection of ourselves. So I want to go into acceptance again. 
and get deeper into what it means to accept uh, the situation or how a relationship has turned out over the time period of it. And like if somebody's going into wanting to mend a a friendship or um, a relationship with a family member, how does one have that that overall acceptance of what has happened in the past and and is it just like accepting that okay this person did this i think it goes beyond that right yeah it has to go into that you want to see for yourself what to let go that's keeping you from growing and you know with myself i had an older brother that was approximately 13 years older that you know really enjoyed inflicting his force upon me or his strength for about 14 years of my life, the first 14 years. And when that finally stopped and I got him in a headlock for the first time and literally made him pass out, I knew and he knew that that reign was over. But we still have had, you know, I've had to do healing throughout my adult life that anytime I feel like someone is restricting me, it can directly connect to uh, my brother or how that used to feel when he would physically restrict me and hold me down on the ground or rub my face in the dirt that like brothers do this, uh, this wasn't like an abusive situation, but it can be scarring and it can, uh, be the root cause of why we react the way we do in present day situations. So now anytime that I feel like I'm in my life and someone is restricting me, I see them as my teacher to show me that I still have some forgiveness to do mainly around my brother. It could be attached to somebody else, but that's just the one that I know exists and I choose to go there and work on it at that level. And so that's uh, what I like to promote and practice is that to use every situation in the present as a reminder of something in the past that you haven't fully let go of. And when you let go of that in the past, then uh, my suggestion is is that that person stops treating you that way and doesn't mean that they stop doing it. They just stop doing it to you because anything that you stop letting affect you negatively, emotionally, uh, you stop giving it any energy and energy needs friction to grow. And so this is why things are brought to us so that when we can get to acceptance, it stops irritating us, and so it stops showing up. And this is what I want people to go out there and practice and um, you know, give us input on because it's a big part of this whole philosophy and how this, this work um, collates with relationships and conscious communication and subtle energy, all those subjects. And let, let's also talk about the strategy, or I don't, maybe it's not a strategy, maybe it's just uh, a mindset that you really need to go into uh, wanting to mend one of these relationships uh, is that you, when you, you want it for yourself and you can't expect the other person to, to you know, do the same. Yeah, I mean, because the, the interest should be in you just speaking your truth, standing in your power, and getting anything off of your chest that you need to, hopefully in a loving way and a non-emotional you know, emotional way. And if you can't do it in a non-emotional way, then maybe start with writing. Uh, once again, there's no rush and there's many different ways to communicate. So sometimes if there's a major strife, then you may want to reach out yeah, through a text or through a messenger or 
through a letter and because uh, there shouldn't be any pressure. That's the thing that if you're truly looking to mend, then you accept that you and the other person are on different time frames. So all you're looking to do is to give your um, view of it and to hopefully get your point across as clear as you can while accepting that they may or may not be ready to receive that. That's why sometimes the writing it out first in some method, um, you know, helps because then they come to it later on and they're more ready for it. But that doesn't mean that you have to wait for somebody to get ready to do your part. Um, It's very important that, you know, that as you feel drawn to attempt to complete stuff, to do your part, but to realize that there shouldn't be any expectations of how they respond to that. And Another good check-in is, yes, if you have disappointment because of their reaction, then you were looking for something in return. And that's truly not love. It's an, it's an expectation of you like your ego being wounded or something like that. Um, so the loving thing is just to express yourself and then allow that person to receive it or not receive it and to express themselves whenever they're ready. And oftentimes when we are the first one out of the relationship to take the responsibility for the role that we played, we often make it easier. We kind of uh, release the pressure from them and make it easier for them to see the role that they play clearly. And I guess we've talked about this on a past episode called the push and pull of uh, energy and maybe you can get more into the push and pull. In yeah, this because when we, when we expect things from someone, it, there is an energy that goes out and no one likes to be pushed. So anytime somebody feels energetically pushed, they start pushing back or they start to put up their walls. So as you were saying, many times accepting responsibility first and saying this is where I see that I failed here and this is what I'm doing about it, it does provide an easier ground or opportunity for the other person to be vulnerable and share what they've learned, but they may or may not. So once again, the less expectations that you go into it every time you every time you have a want if you'll just imagine that you are pushing energy out and that friction has to come for that want to grow there has to come friction somewhere and whether that's through physical exercise or it's going to work to make the money or whatever it is so just know that wants carry energy that goes out and it's going to create a resistance somewhere and as long as you're willing to deal with that resistance, then pursue your wants. But my suggestion is just not to consider that that uh, pushback isn't there, so to say, and that when you go to somebody to rectify a situation, they may not be ready for that because they may be on a different time frame. They may have other stuff going on in your life. See, some people, especially heart people in the Destiny cards, such as myself, relationship always comes first. I've been in relationships where they say, well, I can separate business and personal and we can still go do something business oriented together. And I can do that too. But what happens is a person normally has to detach from the personal to step into that business. And I don't really like detaching from people that I enjoy being connected with. So see, I would rather postpone the business thing until the vibration is better and other people would rather know you got to push through that business. But when you're in the business of consciousness, when you're in the business of conscious communication, that's not the kind of stuff you just push through with. If you're selling handbags or um, a basketball team or something like that, yes. So 
these are some of those variables that, depending on the type of person that they are, is to how willing they are to receive and how soon they are to uh, give their resolution. And many times that's connected to what they're focused on. And most people in our culture are focused on business over personal. And that's the first thing to get clear, I think, with any two people of what is order priorities. And they're not typically the same for most people that are in relationships. So I did want to point out that uh, we have recorded another episode on dealing with family and how mm-hmm. uh, how that can expedite your uh, internal growth. And that was actually episode 25. So I want to put that out there. Oh, um, if anybody wants to go back and uh, listen to that one, we did talk about a lot about accepting people for who they are and where they are in that episode. And right. I know that was very helpful for me at the time. Right on. Yes. And, you know, and thank everybody for, for listening and tuning in. We appreciate your support. Um, please connect with us if you feel drawn to um, to donate to this cause of spreading information so that everyone can grow um, no matter what situation that they're in they can get information that can be useful so we appreciate your support so in closing I like to leave a little action item for people listening to start this practice within their life if somebody is um, thinking about a past relationship that they want to mend now after listening to this podcast, what is like a short, as I would call a consciousness checklist that they should um, think about and maybe make notes about uh, before entering into that conversation with somebody? I think being able to share uh, what they have learned, um, not just what they've done wrong. Uh, and that's many times what comes with an apology, but what you've learned and the action that you're going to do different. And then the follow through with that is, you know, can I follow through with this? Not just say it because it is going to be about the follow through. And, you know, and then making sure, asking yourself, you know, are you a victim here or are you going in accepting responsibility? And are you willing to speak your truth without the expectations of gaining something? Um, Because it shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to do this so I get something in return. It should just be, no, I want to go do this because this feels right and that I want to make sure that I'm understood as clearly as I can be and then accept if that other person isn't ready to hear that at that time to allow that and to respect that um, because we're not on the same time frames here. So I think those are just some of the most important things and the other thing we talked about was checking in to see am I about to give this in a way that they will receive it like we were talking about love, is this kind gesture that I'm about to do, is it truly going to be loving for them? Because some people need maybe days to process stuff. And the other person may process it in one day, and, oh, I want to go give her flowers, and I'm going to stop by. And then she's not welcome because the other person needs three or four days to process. So respecting other people's processes and possibly even asking them, hey, are you ready to engage again? And... Be prepared for a rejection and then respect that. So shifting the energy that it's all about what you can learn about yourself and seeing that, uh, you know, these failures help to guide us into what uh, works better if we're willing to adapt and grow and change. 
It's oh. different from catering to people. Well, boom. I thought that was uh, a little gold nugget at the end. So hopefully everybody stayed stayed tuned until the end and, and uh, was able to receive that information. Beautiful. All right. Well, everybody, let's stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy. Thank you. 
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.